The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And this is part two of our Thanksgiving holiday picksgiving spectacular, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, joining me, Katie Mox is on assignment. As they used to say in radio, I think she's traveling for holidays. Uh, this is pre-recorded, so you're watching, listening on Friday. We recorded this on Wednesday, so if you're in the chat yelling at us and we don't answer you, that's why. Uh, also. If lines move, there's some major injury news, et cetera, et cetera. Please just be aware of that. You know, it's the holidays. We got we have lives and families too, despite what you might think about whether anyone cares about me. Joining me to break down Sunday's 12 game slate, RJ White and Alex Selznick, aka Prop Stars, who have now been flip-flopped on the screen because I forgot to do that beforehand. What's up, fellas? What's up? Sunday's 11 game slate. 12, we had the, the three th- Thanksgiving games. We have the one Black, Fr- Black Friday game. That's four. You get 11 on Sunday and one on Monday. So that's right. So oh, we're include, we include, we include Monday for the, for the, for the purpose Correct. of the show, if you want to have a best bet on it, but um, you don't have to, you know what? Let's uh, let's, you know, enough of the small talk. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I hope, I hope all your Turkey was delicious. Those, those, games were incre- those games were incredible. I can't believe the, uh, that what happened in that Cowboys commanders game. I'm so glad wow. I was tuned into CBS to see that because you know, you're never going to see that type of thing happen again. CD lamb went absolutely nuclear. I hope that I hope that I win a million dollars in DFS and that way, like <laughs> people are like, wow, I can't believe Brinson showed up to work. <laughs> Even though I was a, obviously would not, would not have showed up for the show on Friday. Uh, we didn't have a usual, we, we've been doing a recap on Thursdays for the last few years, not doing it this year. Thankful for that. Um, we'll, of course, have a Super Friends recap on Sunday, so make sure and check that out. And this episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. If you like winning picks, make sure you sign up at sportsline.com. Use promo code PICK to get your first month for a dollar. I actually uh, would bring my best bets. I, I, all my best bets for the entire week are up on Sportsline. Um, I got hosed on a couple to be perfectly frank, I mean, the Broncos minus two and a half against the Vikings. Give me an effing break. Uh, like with the Rams, I'm going money line from here on. Like I'm going money line from here on out with the Broncos. Like ah, it's not even worth it laying the points. Uh, but it is worth it. That subscription to Sportsline, just a dollar for your first month. RJ White, 58, 39 and two. That is a 60% clip over his last 99 games against the spread. He is once again. And it's not just because he's the editor, the managing editor of sportsline.com, that his name is at the top of the leaderboard. It's because his picks are currently the hottest. And RJ is white hot at the moment. You want to sign up and get those 
best bets. Uh, we gave out the full recap for week 11 in there, but as uh, Alex pointed out, RJ, 6-1 and one last week. Great job, buddy. Um, seriously, sign up for Sportsline. You get alerts when RJ puts in his bets. That way you get the odds. I think you had Cowboys at 10.5. No, I did not put the Cowboys in. I'm, I'm, I was on the Lions minus seven and a half. We'll see if that pushes me up to, uh, to even better number by the time you're listening to this. Because when Brinson gave my stats, it was prior to the Thursday game. So we'll see Correct. if that affects anything. Um, indeed. All right, let's get to the games. Early slate of games: Patriots at the Giants. Giants minus three over. Well, Patriots minus three, isn't it? Patriots are minus three and a half on FanDuel. Patriots are minus three and a half on FanDuel now. An over-under of, I mean, just an embar- just a humiliating over-under in terms of setting professional football back years and years. 33 and a half. Uh, Giants catching a little bit of juice as a three and a half point home dog, RJ. This is, it's asking a lot here on either side. Either you want to, thanks, um, you thanks. Either you want to, have a, uh, you know, lay three and a half with Mac Jones, uh, Bailey Zappi, or who, who else did they bring in? The Patriots brought up somebody else. It's like kind of hilarious. I don't know. I know that they signed Malik Cunningham to a three-year deal and then cut him a few weeks later. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, the pay, they don't they there. don't know what they're doing at quarterback, but they also, I swear they brought up, um, it was, uh, hold on, I got it right here. Oh, Will Greer. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Will, we'll see if he's active. You're laying... You're either laying three and a half with Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, or Will Greer. Have fun with that. Or you're you're backing Tommy DeVito, an undrafted free agent who looked good last week against Bill Belichick. What do you think, RJ? I'm backing Tommy DeVito against Bill Belichick because I don't really think I'm backing him against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is not coached like Bill Belichick this this year and frankly the last few years. Um, and the Giants offense showed life thanks to playing a horrendous defense last week new england's defense 31st in sack rate so it's not like they're another seventh in yards per play they're actually pretty solid um so maybe the giants don't score a ton of points but if they're not putting pressure on devito he showed that when he wasn't getting sacked in that washington game he was actually pretty good against a, a, um, a banged up defense that isn't very good so i'm at least a little optimistic the giants can move the ball i am not optimistic the patriots are going to go on the road and move the ball with that offense i don't think you can fix that during the bye maybe the healthier offensive line could help maybe bailey zappy under quarterback would help but uh, in, in the unfriendly confines here at MetLife Stadium, I just don't think a 2-8 and eight team that's one of the league's worst should be laying 3.5 on the road to anybody, even a Giants team starting Tommy DeVito. So I have the Giants as a best bet at plus 3.5. Brinson, your audio is out. I'm sorry. I muted myself. I was actually uh, – this is what happens when I'm trying to text while, while I'm trying to host. Alex, you got anything on this game? I mean, it's tough. Tell me I thought you were just in awe of RJ's take there, Brinson, really just soaking that all in there. But, uh, yeah, I just – yeah, yeah, This is a tough one from a prop perspective. We'll move on to uh, Steelers at the Bengals. I got nothing there. I can't back the Giants. But, I mean, I do think uh, – I know that, like, I, I saw Mike Garofalo, who, um, who like, cover, you know, lives in the tri seat area and, like, NFL insider for um, NFL media. But he, like – I saw him just tweeting with – I think it was, like, Arch Stapleton about this game. It was like, I think the wrong team is favored. Which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can go that far, but uh, but maybe pick them at least, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Steelers at the Bengals. Steelers is a Steelers are a one and a half point favorite with a total of thirty four and a half. Another uh, scorching uh, point total, but that's what you get when you get Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett against Jake Browning, who's filling in for Joe Burrow now out for the season. Of course, Matt Canada fired earlier this week, RJ. Um, I don't know that you can necessarily say the Steelers offense. Uh, By the way, um, the uh, interim coach for the Steelers is uh, is also another former NC State head coach. Or for a former, uh, it's, it's uh, Eddie Faulkner, I believe, or former not head coach, uh, positional coach. So going from Matt Canada, former NC State offensive coordinator, to former running backs coach from the from NC State, I don't know exactly what. Anytime you go to a running backs coach as your interim, you tend your interim offensive coordinator, you tend to get a lot of straightforward downhill runs. Maybe that'll help this team. Maybe you take the ball out of Kenny Pickett's hand and that'll help. Um, FanDuel, kind of nice to us and the betters here because a lot of these numbers are 
one or pick them uh, for some of these games in the market. And they throw one and a halves out there, which allows you to bring the teaser into play at, when you tease this team up from one and a half to plus seven and a half. It's a great teaser number, especially in a low total game like this one, where we don't expect a lot of scoring with the total just 34 and a half. So that's what I'm doing. The Bengals are the first half of my teaser at plus seven and a half. I don't want to play them to win here. Their defense looks solid for a stretch, but they even on 400 plus yards in half of their games. They're 31st in yards per play on yards per rush. Uh, Pittsburgh can't pass, but they're 12th in yards per rush. At least Jalen Warren can create some plays. Um, that offense did not play well outside of his long run last week. Um, so with Browning, I just can't be expecting to be effective moving the ball, but we kind of don't know what we're getting with Browning. So maybe they can put together another 13 to 10 type of game that the steel, like the Steelers had last week in this game, um, against this Pittsburgh team that, that the red, the defense is solid in the red zone. Um, they've allowed just under 16 points per game in the last six. So if you want to lay it with the Steelers, I get it. Um, I'm just going to be safe here and and tease the Bengals up at plus seven and a half. Um, Alex, do you have any opinion on what we're going to get with Jake Browning here? Are you looking to play some Bengals unders in this game from the receivers? Yeah, uh, I did having obviously a minimal sample size watching Jake Browning, but he did look comfortable. I did believe he uh, targeted Trenton Irwin just as much as Jamar Chase. So considering that they're probably, you know, comfortable with one another, if no T Higgins, I think Irwin could potentially be worth a look, you know, maybe from a volume based approach. Uh, we're speculating what the number is here, but if he gets a two and a half or three and a half reception line, uh, I do think Trent Irwin could potentially provide some value there. Uh, so outside of that, just not a lot to be enthusiastic about as far as this Bengals offense. I imagine we see quite a bit of Joe Mixon. Uh, as far as the Steelers offense is concerned, I do think it needs to be they need to keep giving the ball to Jalen Warren. Uh, it was encouraging to see him get the actual start in the game, but Najee Harris still mixing in quite a bit. Obviously, Najee is not going away. Najee hasn't been awful either, but yeah, Jalen Warren just offers uh, a much more explosive three down skill set. So I anticipate him being the focal point of Pittsburgh's rushing attack for good reason. Uh, Deontay Johnson, this is a potential matchup I could see him having some success in. Uh, he's been very good, just doesn't have, uh, you know, viable quarterback play is really limiting him here. And I do want to point out that I am giving out Katie's picks here, and mm. she likes this as a potential underspot. RJ, you mentioned a potential 13-10 game. Katie must agree with you because she is going under 34 and a half points here. I do think it's going to be one of these low scoring AFC North battles uh, between two teams who just aren't really doing a lot offensively right now. Let me let me circle back real quick to, to Mixon, though, because what you said is interesting about Jake Browning. You see these young quarterbacks that they kind of, you know, struggle to get downfield and they throw it to their outlet passes. Do you think this might be a look to go over on Mixon's rushing plus receiving, thinking he might get some dump offs and add, you know, 30 to 40 yards in the receiving game that where he might not have otherwise? So if you like to play the, the Mixon props, maybe look to that one instead of the rushing. What do you think? Yeah, no, I would agree with you for sure. A combination line also off offers you some security from the standpoint of the game script, right? If if the Bengals find themselves trailing, we've yeah. seen Mixon heavily involved uh, in the short area passing game. That's really actually where he's been the most effective this season. He's been largely inefficient rushing the football, but he's uh, been fairly, fairly adequate uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. So I definitely would look at the combination line. I think that's a good look, RJ. All right. Speaking of low scoring, Carolina Panthers at the Tennessee Titans. We don't. We covered this game on the uh, early odds look on the the Monday show, and I mean, I, I immediately I I was stunned to be perfectly frank at the total in this game. Carolina can't do anything on offense. I don't care how bad these. I don't care if these defenses aren't very good. Like Carolina, the Panthers are. They don't have any verticality whatsoever to them. Um, they can be, you can kind of, you can move the ball on them. So maybe Derrick Henry has a huge game, but I can't see Mike Vrabel coming to this game thinking we're going to whip the ball around with Will Levis and try to put up a pile of points. And I was pretty excited when RJ, you also like the under as a best bet. Cause I'd circle this as a best bet from, from Monday. I actually need to get it on sports in case it drops. Cause I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, like, I mean, I don't get why this, I, I don't get why this, and it's juiced a little bit on FanDuel uh, minus 115 to the under, but like I see 35 and a half for the Steelers and the Bengals and 34 and a half for the Giants and the Patriots. I don't think that these two offenses are any better than those two offenses. Is, is it the defenses? What do you, why is this total th this many points higher? 
Yeah, I think it's a perception of the defense is not being as good, but the Carolina defense actually improving a lot, just 4.6 yards per play despite the final score in that Cowboys game, playing pretty well over the last four games since the bye. Their offense, of course, you mentioned horrendous, 32nd in yards per play now. Pass offense is 32nd in yards per pass at 4.61 yards per pass play, and that's in a league with the Jets doing whatever the Jets are doing at quarterback, even though you got to five yards per pass and, and Carolina can't get there. So I don't expect any success through the year, even against the Titans defense that struggles against defending the pass. T- Tennessee's defense eighth in yards per rush um so any competent pass offense you know they can't generate interceptions would light them up but this is not a competent pass offense at this point tennessee's offense coming off a three game in a row stretch on the road they struggled during that stretch they're going to come back home they're not going to put will levis in a position where he has to do too much they're going to feed derrick henry and keep keep this uh, um, a close low scoring game where um levis isn't exposed to this uh quietly pretty solid carolina defense so i have under 37 as a best bet you know these totals have are getting lower and lower because the the quarterback play and the injuries are piling up here um, and quarterback play has not been great in the league. So you're seeing a lot of totals here under 40, but even at 37, I'm like, I don't see how this game gets over 37. So I'm taking under on 37. Yeah. I mean, I would just be shocked if there were a ton of points here. And I, again, um, I see a 36 and a half out there on DraftKings, which means, and it, this is juicy under on Fandle. So you could certainly see some movement here. Um, you know, if, if, uh, and I'm just going to double check. Nashville weather really quick to see. Oh, yeah, baby. Sunday, some rain during the early. Yeah, it looks like it'd be like rain, a little, you know, not, not too bad in terms of wind, but maybe a little gusty, just some nasty Nashville weather. I mean, again, like I think you've got to get a defensive touchdown for this game to go over that total. Jacksonville Jaguars, minus one and a half, fresh off a bludgeoning of that Titans team. You saw Trevor Lawrence uh, throw for two and run for two touchdowns in that game, headed to Houston in what is, uh, with a total of 47 and a half, this is not a, it's not a de facto AFC South title matchup, RJ, but if the Jaguars win this game, they have a 90% chance, according to the upshot New York Times playoff predictor, of winning the division and if the Texans win it, then they have hold a you know a season sweep over the Jaguars and would, would control their own destiny going in to win the division and would certainly, of course, tighten things up a bit. Jacksonville with a win here would also really open themselves up to chasing the number one overall seed in the AFC. Do you like the Jags or do you like the Texans here? Yeah, it's going to be a kitchen sink game with the stakes that you just laid out there. There's no reason to hold back there. And in those type of games, I, I kind of lean to the team I think has a better offensive play caller, offensive uh, mm. outlook there. And I think that's Bobby Slowick here with Houston, considering the work that they've done with C.J. Stroud. So I would lean to Houston here. But at this number, because we're getting the one and a half, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's actually one and a half in a lot of places. Um, Got to tease us one up. So this would be, um, you know, my teaser with the the Lions is like my big teaser this week. Um, but obviously that was a Thursday game. We can't put that here. Um, so I'm teasing this with the Bengals, putting them both up to plus seven and a half in this game. Jacksonville's defense, 26th in yards for pass or yards for play, much worse versus the pass. They're 29th in sack rate. I expect a lot of explosive plays from Houston. You know, they get, did give up some big plays versus Tennessee. I know t- they rolled in that game, but Tennessee got some explosive plays there. And I expect Houston to do a lot more of the same. It was really impressive. GJ Stroud, first awful game with turnover, still managed to get 6.3 yards per play in that game and go out with the win. And, and with these young quarterbacks, if they're having that turnover game like he had, wouldn't expect him to win the game, but he was able to do that so impressed by this Houston team I think they come out here have a good chance of winning the game but it's an easy option to, te- to tease it up here because they'll get through the back door if they need to yeah and- I tend to agree with that I'm actually going to fade the the Texans I got the Jaguars is the best bet um, and I know that I'm uh, Alex you can you can go head to head with uh, with Katie's pick with me in a second but um, actually you go ahead and I'll, I'll follow the Jaguars yeah Katie is taking the Texans here as well at plus one and a half uh, I've just been so obviously impressed with the uh, offensive rookie of the year, soon to be CJ Stroud on pace to lead the NFL in passing yards as a rookie for the Texans. Uh, yeah, it just looks better and better every week, despite having the turnovers uh, just yeah, really battled back. So I think in this matchup, I think we're going to see a lot of scoring. I believe RJ you're on the over here as well as an official best bet, not to give away a pick of yours from the site. I am as well on the over. Uh, So, yeah, I think we have a potential shootout between two offenses that can air the ball out very effectively. Both these defenses are solid versus the run, but vulnerable in the back end. As a result, I think we see an uptick in passing volume and what should be a high-scoring game environment. So love the over here. And Katie, as a best bet, is on the Texans at plus one and a half. 
Yeah, I have it on the site at 46 and a half. I got it in super early because I knew people were just going to bet it up and I wanted to get it in ahead of that key number of 47. So if people are signed up to Sportsline, have the alerts on and got that pick and ran out and got it at 46 and a half, you know, they're in with a great number because it's not going down from, from where it is right now. And I got it there as well. Ah, good for you guys. Thanks for the heads up. I guess if I do sports, go to sportsline.com slash join and use promo code PICK, P-I-C-K, I would have got my first month for a dollar and could have turned on alerts for uh, RJ or Alex putting in their picks and would have gotten notified when it went in at 46 and a half and would have the best number. You could do that if you're listening to the show. Just food for thought. Also food for thought. Last year, about this time, the Jacksonville Jaguars had just lost the Kansas City Chiefs by double digits. They were three and seven. They were an afterthought in the NFC AFC South race. They were certainly an afterthought in the AFC playoff race at three and seven. Come out of their bye, beat the Ravens by one, get blown out by the Lions, oddly enough, 44, I mean 40 to 14, and then proceed to win their next five games. They beat the Titans, the Cowboys, the Jets, the Texans, and the Titans again. Not murderers row, mind you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that they rip through this just incredible uh stretch of teams. But the Texans, the Bengals, no quarterback. The Browns, no quarterback. The Ravens, again, we mentioned them before. The Bucks, the Panthers, and the Titans, again. I'm seeing something similar happening here with the, with, the, with the Jaguars. They're a little less desperate, of course, but they have a chance to win the division. They know they've been here before. And now it's 7-3. and three, If you beat the Texans, you really have AFC South sewn up, and you can take aim at the number one seed. You get the Browns and the Bengals without their starting quarterbacks. You get the the freaking Panthers. The Bucs are giving up all kinds of yardages. The Titans are terrible. I mean, this is a legitimate shot for the number one seed in the AFC for the Jaguars, and I think that I just think you see them come out like focused and having having sort of been here before and able to like lock in and, and I'm trying to find odds for the number one seed, but lock in and, and be able to play well and, and to win uh, this game. Actually, I've got number one seed here for AFC Jaguars five and a half to one. Don't hate that at all with their schedule. Give me the Jags minus one and a half as a best bet. The Saints at the Falcons. Speaking of divisional matchups that really, really matter. Somehow these two trash teams the Falcons are, one and a half point favorites. Let's, that was what it was. Let's confirm that it had moved. Falcons are currently minus one and a half, a total of 42 and a half. Not a bunch of points expected here. Derek Carr, as of this recording on Wednesday afternoon, still in concussion protocol, RJ. How much does Jameis Winston matter for your handicap of this game? I think uh, it's a little bit of a downgrade, but not much of a downgrade. We know he has a lot of starting experience in this league. It's a different type of offense with his big arms. So I think you just need to prepare for that defensively. If you obviously he's on the field, you know what to expect there. Um, the New Orleans defense, fourth in interception rate, seventh in yards for pass, but they lost LaShawn, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, likely out with a high ankle sprain. This, that really matters for this matchup. It's going to be easier for Drake London to get what he needs to there. Uh, the Atlanta offense was awful with Taylor Heineke before the bye. Ritter had some solid games when not turning it over, especially at home. So I think he can have some success here. This New Orleans offense, 30th in yards per rush. Atlanta's defense solid across the board, eighth in yards per play. Fourth on third down, sixth in the red zone. With no Michael Thomas, I think it's going to be tough for New Orleans to score points here. I would lean to Atlanta because I rank them. They rank slightly higher than New Orleans in yards per play on both offense and defense. But in a lot of places, this line was New Orleans minus one or pick them. And it just seems like Atlanta is probably a little bit better team and they have the home field advantage here. So I would go with Atlanta in this spot. But my one and a half isn't a great number um, in the market as we talk. So if you can go get in like a pick them, you know, I might go with Atlanta at that point. Yeah, I'm on Atlanta here. I got Atlanta as the best bet. I'm going to take Falcons money line. Yeah, I think uh, I had it plus. I sent the, when we sent the email in, I had Falcons plus one. Um, but yeah, like they're minus one and a half. I don't have any interest in taking. I mentioned the Broncos. I think off the maybe I don't know if I mentioned on the top here or uh, off of, during the the picks giving recap. But like I, I had the Broncos minus two and a half and it a Broncos money on Sunday night last week and a Broncos money line covers or wins and the Broncos you know, win by one because they don't get the two point conversion and all kinds of just dumb football stuff. Uh, I have no interest in laying more than a point with the Falcons versus taking the money line because just the way that the Falcons play football games, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If it's close, I think with Jameis Winston in, I would like the Falcons minus one and a half more, but also like the over more. We saw what happened when he came in, uh, against the Vikings. I mean, they were getting blown out, and he just starts, sl- he's just slinging the ball around, throwing the ball across the field, you know, uh, 
it's <laughs> just in like outrageous stuff. Uh, prop, how much does um, would you would you have interest in any props if Jameis plays versus Derek Carr? Absolutely, Brinson. Yeah, I just think we're looking at a wider range of outcomes. Certainly a lot more volatile uh, with Jameis Winston at quarterback. But as a Chris Olave truther, uh, couldn't help but notice he was locking on to Olave. Olave arguably had his best game of the season uh, with Jameis under center there as well. So he is willing to test the back end of the defense, which I do think is vulnerable in Atlanta. Uh, and Michael Thomas on injured reserve as well. So could see a large, large target share for Chris Olave. Also like Rashid Shaheed as well. I expect an uptick in targets and to be a full-time player uh, uh, in this offense. So, yeah, I think both receivers with their skill sets just match up a lot better with Jameis at quarterback. So I personally think it's a big boost to those guys specifically. I'd like to petition the foul. I mean, the, the Saints just to play Jameis full time, even if it doesn't mean, even if it means you miss the playoffs, even if it means that you don't win another football game, it'll be more entertaining and everyone will like you more. Except Saints fans, obviously, who will bemoan that. And Derek Carr, of course, who will be a moody emo dude on the sidelines. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more games, including the pick six parlay next. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Time for the Big Six Parlay, where we each select a game for a four-leg money line parlay, but there are some rules. First, the person with the best record the previous week, we'll use week 11, not Thanksgiving, because we're recording this ahead of the holiday, gets to add the first leg, second place, second, et cetera, et cetera. By the end, we must have at least one underdog in the parlay as well. The Pick Six Parlay, this Pick this pick Six Parlay segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more last week the dogs bit us again niners dolphins steelers and vikings we had two dogs in the parlay 49ers and the dolphins won steelers and vikings both lost very late in the fourth quarter that could have easily been uh, a hitter i think that also rj and you're gonna have the first pick when you're when, when you're building out these parlays you expect the two big teams to win and I think we got like we got chances. The Steelers and the Vikings could have easily have won. I, I don't really, I don't really regret those choices, even if they lost. Yeah, those could have went either way. Um, I, I'm a little. I mean, it didn't matter obviously, but I'm regretting my decision when I had the first pick. I said I could either go easy and go with the Dolphins, which I did, or go hard and take the team that I thought was the biggest you Packers know, gap in in what the spread should be and i thought the packers should be favored so um that would have got us a plus money you know par uh you know first leg there and maybe we get rid get out of one of these other two picks or maybe everybody goes with favors now since we don't have to go underdog so you know if i could take it back i would go that and see what what the cascading effect would be for mm, that's a good point i you and you know oddly enough i almost went packers like you, even though I had the Chargers as a best bet for some stupid reason, the Chargers are just terrible. Uh, but it is your pick, RJ. Alex goes. Uh, we'll do a consensus pick for Katie, and then uh, I will. Uh, I will have the final leg of the parlay. Well, I don't think we should do a consensus pick for Katie because we know there's one team she actually likes, and that's uh, Texans plus one and a half. Close enough oh. to me to throw that as her leg of the parlay. So I would, I would petition to put that in as her leg. Um, and I know you're going to hate that because you're on the Jaguars, but huh? um, I think that represents her picks well. On my picks, I, I'm between a few things. You know, it's a very tough week for money. There's not a lot of easy money line parlays. The money line picks to throw in this parlay, 
the Chiefs have that big spread, but I don't know how much you want to trust them on the road considering how that offense looked. Um, I'm going to bypass them. I'm looking at either the Broncos, which we'll get into. I think that line is way off. I think they're going to beat the, the Browns at home. Um, so that's a nice leg there. But I'm going to skip them and fade the Chargers once again by taking the Ravens, one of the best teams in the league. Um, yep. So I'm probably stealing a pick there. But at less than minus 200 on, on um, a Moneyline part, like I think that line should be like six. So I think we're getting good value there for them, and the Chargers don't have a good home field advantage. So first leg of the parlay is going to be the Ravens at minus 196. You have you will not stop me from taking the Ravens against the Chargers. We'll get to that in a minute. I mean, I, I believe we both have best bets on that. The Ravens are a great football team. The Mark Andrews thinks stinks, but uh, the Chargers are, are absolute dog do, as Ryan Wilson likes to say. So let's uh, we'll put in Ravens minus one ninety six. I love it, and we'll get, get I will uh, prop. You're going to get leapfrogged here by Katie's Texans plus one hundred four. I'm fine with it. It's a divisional game. They're at home. They're a really good football team with a good coaching staff, a great rookie quarterback, and plenty of weapons, plus a defense. I think, as you point out, Kitchen State game, everything on the line for the Texans. And if they lose this game, by the way, the playoffs become you know, up in the air. So uh, we'll take Texans plus one or four, which means anything is on the board for you there, Alex. Uh, I love that. I love that Ravens spot from RJ. Uh, that was going to be my choice. I was thinking he might go with the Chiefs there. Uh, I'll just take the Chiefs here. I know it might be a tough spot, but, yeah, I can't help. Nah. It's going to be hard for the Chiefs to lose two consecutive games, in my opinion, especially after the way they lost uh, to the Eagles in that fashion. Chiefs minus 480. They're on the road. Patrick Mahomes has lost one road divisional game in his career to the Broncos this year. The Raiders have an interim head coach. They're trying very hard. They did a great job battling against the Dolphins, but you feel like you beat the Jets, you beat the Giants, or you beat the Giants, you beat the Jets, and then all of a sudden you've got to go to Miami, and you're like, ah, we had a chance. Aiden O'Connell against a great Chiefs defense with the Chiefs. I mean, look, bottom line is, you know, like the number the, the AFC, the number one team in the AFC, which is the formula for winning Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls. Bill, Bill Belichick did it. Andy Reid's done it. That is up in the air now and currently goes through Baltimore. Baltimore is a favorite against the Chargers if they they're that's Sunday night, I think. So the Chiefs have to have to hold sir. I mean, not it's not holding sir, but you got to take care of business against Raiders. So I think that's a great pick. RJ, any issue? We'll get well, actually we'll get to that game. I guess you don't have any issues with the Chiefs money on it. No, I just don't think there's a ton of value with it um, because I think the line there, I, I would take the Raiders in that game, which we'll talk about um, just, it's, it's tough with the chiefs, how they're playing and they don't cover these big lines, especially on the road, you know, all that often. So um, in terms of the odds that we're getting and adding to it, I would prefer something a little riskier um, even if it gives us less of a chance to win, it gives us better odds. And I think those odds kind of add up, but you know, not my pick. So I didn't, I didn't, that's why I didn't want to take the number one. I wanted to go with something I really believe in, which is the Ravens. Um, since I think that line should be two, two and a half points higher. Yeah. Well, I mean, this has left me exposed. And and the Texans are plus one Oh four. So you have your, your pick on anything, you know, you yeah, but there's not, there's not really anything that's like a great line. I mean, I mean, I like the, you know what? I'll take the, um, this is not a great, I mean, this is not an easy one, but it'll give us some value. It'll boost the parlay. Um, Broncos defense playing good football. Russell Wilson playing okay football. They're at home against a Browns team that is coming off a huge emotional divisional win. Uh, we'll take the uh, we'll take the Broncos minus one twenty. How's that sound? That was going to be my first pick, and because okay. I think that's the line that's the most off. So if we would have, if I'd have done that, then Alex would have taken Baltimore and kind of put out. We would have probably ended up with you taking the Chiefs. So I think we'd have the same part. Yeah, we'd have the same part. Okay, that makes me feel better. Then yeah, we, yeah. And if, and if Alex had taken the Chiefs, I would have taken Baltimore. So I think we're all on the same page uh, in that regard. All right, so that's the parlay. Texas plus 104 is our underdog. The Ravens minus 196. The Chiefs minus 480 at the Raiders. And then the Broncos at home minus 120. That gives us a four-team money line parlay. It pays out plus 582. We have been very close on this. We are going to get one soon. So make sure and get that in. You can do so at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Of course, this pick six parlay segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are – this is slight mood. Am I crazy? Colts were – Colts are still minus two and a half at home against a Tampa Bay pass funnel. Can Gardner Minshew get going in this game? Tampa Bay pass funnel coming off a brutal game against San Francisco, coming off a game where several guys got hurt and coming off a stretch where they, this is their fourth road game in their last five weeks. It's a very tough stretch 
for Tampa Bay and an Indy coming off their bye. So, so complete rust, rest disparity here. Um, if you just look at matchups, I can make the case for Tampa. They played a tough schedule. They lost to Philly and Detroit at home. They lost at San Francisco and at Buffalo. Then they had two close losses to Atlanta and Houston. None, none of those teams are bad um, per se. Um, so I think that they might be a little bit underrated by the market in this spot, but I just cannot play them in, in with this rest disparity here. Um, so we'll see if Minshew can take advantage of the injuries that the Buccaneers uh, defense has um, ha- has had. He's only really had one legit good start, but it came against Cleveland of all teams. Um, so, um, so this is a much easier matchup than that. I think he can have success here. So at beginning of the week, I was leaning Tampa. That spot thing after Larry kind of talked me into it, I kind of leaning Indy. I think they're a sneaky survivor team and a sneaky money line team as well. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I don't type as I'm doing a bunch of different things. Anything for you, prop on uh, Colts and uh, Tex- uh, Buccaneers? Excuse me. Uh, nothing right. from me from this game. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, I don't believe I'm just making sure. Nope. Yep. All right. Moving along to the Rams and the Cardinals. Something kind of crazy here. We have the Arizona Cardinals at two and nine. Our favorite RJ. And I'm not having any of it. Of course I'm not. I want the Rams money line. Give me Matthew Stafford. And the Los Angeles Rams in a divisional game on the road. I don't care if Cooper Cup's there. We got Puka Nakua. You need to go Puka. We're going to go Puka. We're going to go 2 2. Uh, we got plenty of weapons there. I like the Rams to win this game. Aaron Donald put a hurt on Geno Smith. I think he does something similar uh, with Kyler Murray. I think they can contain Kyler defensively and pick up a win here. You also got something Trammel, I think. There was some guy named Trammel who was catching passes for them last week, if I remember right. No, no idea who that Trammell was. Brinson. Um, but great job by him. Arizona one and seven, including the playoff straight up against the Rams with Kyler Murray at quarterback one, six and one against the spread. He has struggled against this team game feels winnable for the Rams. They did just have 4.5 yards per play. And that cup injury is massive. If he's unavailable here. Um, I know that, that they survived without him before. And this is an Arizona team that is pretty beatable and dealing with injuries on defensive side as well. Um, so total dropped in this game. Um, I I'm with you. I can't see why you would have Arizona favored in this matchup. So the value is probably to the Rams, but if it was pick on, I'd probably lean to Arizona. So I don't know. I'm just kind of a stay away here. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray, if you picked him up in fantasy, smart move though. He's looked pretty good. I mean, he'd probably get his a little bit, uh, but certainly not, you know, I mean, look, give me, give me the, there's no reason that the freaking Cardinals should be favored in a football game. The Denver Broncos are white hot. They have the biggest, longest winning streak in the NFL right now. Five straight games, and they are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cleveland Browns with a total of 35-and-a-half, a a very low total. Um, I've got the – and you can tell me if I can't do this, RJ. If it's one-and-a-half, if it's it's a – I think you sent in Broncos minus one-and-a-half. It is down to one-and-a-half, so I don't mind taking that. Uh, I took the money line, so the money line is plus minus 120. I got burnt by the Broncos on the money line – burnt by the Broncos against the spread on Sunday night, as I mentioned. I like the Broncos to win this game. Their defense is playing much, much, much better football after that 70-burger got dropped on by Miami. That's been a key focus. Russell Wilson isn't explosive vertically down the field, but I think he can do enough checkdowns, get enough field goals, and limit DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie quarterback, for the Browns to come away with a win here. Give me Broncos money line minus 120. It's actually a four-game win streak for the Broncos. It's going to be five after this week. Uh, they're going to Ooh, win this yeah. game. Um, it was two and a half. The market has bet it down to one and a half. I do not get it with this Cleveland offense that I don't think DTR proved anything in that game last week. Had 3.5 yards per play against a mediocre Pittsburgh defense. I know that we think of the Steelers as a very good defense, but all year they have been mediocre in terms of yards per play. They can get some sacks. Longest play that Cleveland had was 18 yards. I think the Denver defense, which still ranks 32nd, um, still not playing well on this season, has been a lot better since getting embarrassed by the Jets during this win streak here. Um, they've actually played pretty solid, so I think they're going to handle their business here. Even this elite Cleveland defense, second in yards per play, they are vulnerable on the ground where, where the Broncos can have some success at 15 feet yards per rush, just 24th in red zone rate, so Broncos can get some touchdowns if they get into the red zone. And we think of this Cleveland defense as kind of un- unshakable and super elite. They've allowed about 10 yards per play, 10 points per game at home, and about 30 points per game on the road and that's at Pittsburgh, Indy, Seattle and Baltimore. So it's not like they're playing this monster run of teams. 
teams that, you know, some, I, I can't remember which team, but they played like Philly, Casey, Buffalo on the road. That's not what this right. is. And, and they're still allowing points, especially when we talked about the Gardner Minshew game earlier. I don't know what happened there. Um, so I think Denver can have success with this game. Russ had a good game against a good Minnesota defense playing well. Um, they just need to get some touchdowns instead of field goals. And I don't see Cleveland scoring. So I think this line should not only be on the other side of three, but well on the other side of three. Um, so minus one and a half is an easy best bet for me. Yep. Same. All right. Say break. We got the final stretch of the Sunday slate. It will break down. But first, we can't wait to finish off the holiday weekend with an NFL and CBS double header featuring an AFC North rivalry between the Steelers and the Bengals. Then it's a showdown in the city of brotherly love when Josh Allen and the Bills face Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. It all begins at noon Eastern with the NFL today. All hail Sunday. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, final couple of games here for this Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs minus nine and a half at the Raiders over under 43 and a half. We mentioned we have the Chiefs uh, as a um, as a, uh, as a as a money line, part of our money line parlay, but nine and a half is a lot with a total of 43 and a half, RJ. Yeah, and the total, you know, was a little higher early in the week. Um, at 44, I kind of want to play it under. It's been going down a bit because these teams are kind of under teams. Unders are nine and two in Las Vegas games. Recent Kansas City games have trended under as well. Fewer points means it's going to be harder to cover a big spread. So at nine and a half, I would lean to the Raiders. They hung around at Miami despite a very tough matchup against an improving defense. Hit some big plays in the passing game, but of course, the picks at the end sealed the fate. Much like Jordan Love the previous week, got down into scoring range through a couple picks. Um, when the chances to win the game were there. And, and and the Vegas could have made this a lot closer, except for those interceptions. The Vegas defense gave up 6.2 yards for playing a loss. I don't think they're going to have expect they're going to have a success against elite offenses. But at this point, I'm not sure Kansas City has an elite offense. They have an elite quarterback, obviously. But seventh in yards per play, they feel untrustworthy in the passing game when uh, Mahomes is doing everything he can and they can't move the ball in those late game situations because the receivers are not threatening the defenses. They're dropping passes left and right. And so you have to attack this Chiefs defense on the ground, but Vegas can't really run the ball either. I think it's going to be a struggle for them to score consistently. So I would play this under. I just don't think the Chiefs are going to get out to this massive point total in this game. So I would lean to Vegas and lean to the under here. I I tend to agree with you, um, especially if the Chiefs jump out to a, a lead, as you mentioned. Like Andy Reid will take the air out of the ball. We know that the Raiders want to pound. We, they want to try and pound the ball with Josh Jacobs. They know they don't want to get involved into some kind of shootout. Uh, with with the Chiefs, even the Chiefs can get into a shootout. I'm not sure that they can. Um, three games the last two, the last three weeks, I think, where the Chiefs haven't scored any points in the second half. It's crazy stuff with Kansas City. I think they'll get it going eventually, but man, you can't feel comfortable with the Chiefs' offense right now. Yeah, Alex, I want to ask you about the Raiders' offense. Actually, what have you seen from Aiden O'Connell? Has he given you any any re, any he? Uh, nope. Has he given you any reason to um, to believe in him that he can support some of these receivers and get them over totals? Or have you been looking to play unders and Raiders games at this point? Yeah, I mean, he's locking heavily on to Devontae Adams. So from a volume-based approach, I think he's worth a look. Uh, it's hard for me to have a lot of confidence if we're looking at yard totals over 60 or 70. But I do feel like they're trying to manufacture touches close to the line of scrimmage, screen passes, uh, design plays for Devontae. So I think he can support a wide receiver. Uh, outside of that, just, yeah, I think we're going to see just a lot of uh, Jacobs in this matchup, specifically against the Chiefs, uh, who are vulnerable uh, kind of up the middle. So, yeah, uh, not a lot of confidence in Aiden O'Connell. I do think he can 
you know, potentially provide some just adequate quarterback play for one receiver. Sustaining both, uh, I think, is unrealistic at this point, unless they're just playing from behind. Jacoby Myers had a really good start to the season. It feels like he's completely disappeared. And if anything, like Hunter Renfro got a big catch here and there, but I haven't seen much of Jacoby Myers since Aiden O'Connell took over. So that's why I wanted to ask that. Tough. Yeah. Tough team for Jacoby, by the way, a tough team for, for Rasheed, your boy, Rasheed Rice, who the chiefs just, I mean, he's, he's playing, he's the best receiver out there. Justin Watson playing well too, but they just, I mean, the coaches are even talking about how they don't like, um, they, they just don't really like, like they're like, he's going to get his eventually, but it's game to game. It's just a weird, weird approach by the chiefs and the Raiders. All right. Bills and Eagles, huge game for the Buffalo bills going to Philadelphia to play. The Eagles who are coming off a massive Monday night win against the chiefs on the road. Eagles minus three total 48 and a half RJ. Yeah, and I know the Chiefs defense did a lot of the the beating themselves, or the Chiefs offense did a lot of beating themselves with the drops there. But I thought the Eagles defense played a lot better in that game, um, you know, in in that spot on the road than they had been before the break, before the bye. So I was impressed by what I saw with them. Um, they're down to 12th in yards per rush because they still couldn't stop the run here. And maybe when you get the tape there, that might give Buffalo an excuse to run more, which I don't think is good for this Buffalo offense. They're designed to win with the pass. So I could see the new offensive coordinator there, John McDermott getting in his ear, wanting him to run the ball in this matchup because the Eagles ha- have been struggling against the run a little bit recently. Um, and I don't think that's great. Buffalo's defense coming off a massive day. Um, all they needed to get it, it's it, you back on track was getting to play an awful offense at home in, in Orchard Park. And if they can do that every week and they'll be great but neither of those apply this week. They're playing a very good Philly offense and they're hitting the road to it to do it. And the Buffalo offense, you know, ton of points, 32 points, had that long Shakir touchdown. You take that away, 4.5 yards per play aside from that, just 16 points in the first half, even though they started two drives inside the Jets 25 um, in that, and they could only come away with 16 points total in the first half. They really did not play that well in the first half. And then the Jets kind of, the defense was just done with the, with this team, I think, in the second half. Um, Philly's offense broke through late in their game, easier matchup here. I have them a tier above Buffalo actually have Philly right up there with San Fran is the best teams in the league and Buffalo well below it. Um, so I would put this line at five right now. I think at a neutral field three makes sense, but I have Philly as a best bet at minus three. I think it's a great number. Yeah. Interesting to see how the uh, bills offense looks against Philly's defense. Philly's defense hadn't been great on the back end. I think Buffalo, if Joe Brady stays in his bag and, and, you know, they had a, a good approach. I thought uh, Josh Allen looked sharp against the jets. You can certainly get after Philly deeper. I wouldn't mind a look. Uh, to the over here. Certainly think this game will be popular for DFS purposes on the late slate Sunday. Sunday night, though. Ravens at the Chargers. Ch- Ravens minus three and a half at the ch- at, at, in LA. Over under 46 and a half. Um, I don't know if you th- I don't know if you think about Ravens fans as traveling like a ton, but I don't think it matters. Like any reasonably big bandwagon ty- style fan base or any big metropolitan style fan base, you go to like there's people in LA who are Ravens fans, and Baltimore's not real nice this time of year. You know where it is nice after the little holiday getaway? Los Angeles. I wouldn't be shocked if there's like crazy amounts of purple here with the Ravens, the number one seed in the AFC a chance to bury the Chargers, a, you know, a team, by the way, this is Lamar Jackson's first playoff loss was to the Chargers when he was, uh, when he took over his starter from Joe Flacco. You know that they could create problems in the playoffs if you saw them there just because they have the talent with Herbert. And I love the Ravens here, RJ. Minus three and a half, on, quote, unquote, on the road. Uh, playing them, just a beat-up Chargers team that is exposed on the back end. You can throw all over the Chargers. I think Lamar has a huge day. I uh, wish Mark Andrews was in there. Isaiah Likely could come up big here as well. Um, would you like is Isaiah Likely or Kate Otten at a, at a tight end for fantasy? Asking for a friend, not maybe my father at this time. Um, I think I like Likely, but I want to like pivot to, to let Alex talk here because with Mark Andrews out of this passing game, what do you think they do? Is it going to be more looks to, to Odell Beckham? I know he had a big start there. Um, is it going to be Isaiah Likely? I think he struggled when he's played a little bit this year, even though he had a couple good games last year without Mark Andrews. So kind of curious whether you want to attack the overs on Likely or if you're looking more to these receivers to step up now. Yeah, just based on what we saw earlier when Andrews was banged up, really Isaiah likely wasn't able to produce much at all. So I think we're going to see just more targets towards Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman. I think there's uh, some opportunities there. 
who've uh, kind of, yeah, just been more tertiary options for this offense. So uh, in this specific matchup against the Chargers, uh, Brinson mentioned just really vulnerable on the back end, really vulnerable to speed on the boundaries. So I don't think the loss of Mark Andrews is going to be felt very much here. I think it's really going to be felt when they play, uh, you know, uh, divisional games in December uh, when Andrews comes up, you know, very clutch uh, in those tough, low-scoring environments. But, uh, yeah, I just haven't seen a lot from Isaiah Likely to inspire a lot of confidence. I'd be looking more towards Rashad Bateman getting an uptick in targets and Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers. Yeah, and I wonder if Keaton Mitchell gets a little more work in the passing game because you know how explosive he can be. So get him in the intermediate mm. five to ten yards away and see if he can take it to the house because he's, he's so talented. That Baltimore offense, I mean, Andrews got hurt right at the beginning of that game. They still had 6.8 yards per play in a huge primetime rivalry game. They're now fifth in yards per play on the year, top four in yards per pass, yards per rush. I don't think the offense goes into a tank at all with, with Andrews no. gone. They they um, they supplemented their receiver core very well this year, and um, they have some talent at receiver for the first time in a long time. The Chargers defense struggled to stop Jordan Love. They're now 31st in yards per play. They've allowed 475 plus yards in four of their 10 games. And the Ravens have an offense that can be explosive and just rack up yards here. So I think they're going to do a lot of scoring in this game. So can the Chargers offense keep up? I mean, they have kept them in a lot of games. You saw that 41-38 game against Detroit. But Baltimore's defense is first in yards per play and first in yards per pass. They're very tough to have success against. And this Chargers offense doesn't have a ton of receiving threats beyond Keenan Allen. He's still been able to do work in the match that he's had I think Baltimore's defense will give him a little more trouble and he has been playing a little bit injured in this game you know the last few weeks too so I think they're going to limit the scoring for the Chargers they're going to score a ton Baltimore is among the elite I don't have them quite at the top of my power rankings but they're very close and Chargers are average at best and they have little home field advantage so I don't see why this line isn't six so I think best bet Chargers minus three and a half I don't think it's going to get the three so I'm laying the three and a half now yep I'm on the three and a half as well um, I just think the Ravens are a much better team. The Chargers are really wounded. Uh, the, the matchup against their passing offense against the Ravens passing offense against the Chargers defense, just a bad one. Um, we don't actually have any best bets for the Monday night show, Monday night game. And so we will skip that one. Instead, we will look at our best bets for the week. I've got Broncos money line. Jaguars minus one and a half Panthers Titans under 37 Falcons uh, money line Rams money line. All those are like minus minus one twenty ish or so. And Ravens minus three and a half. Katie has two picks for this week outside of the Thanksgiving game and make sure you go check out. I mean, obviously if you're, never mind, don't check out that show. If you, if you're listening to this on Friday, but uh, we'll let you know what the records were uh, come next week. Katie has the uh, Steelers Bengals under 34 and a half and the Texans plus one and a half. RJ, what do you have? I have the Giants plus three and a half, Carolina and Tennessee to go under 37 points. Denver minus one and a half, Philly minus three, Baltimore minus three and a half. And my teaser is Houston plus seven and a half and Cincy plus seven and a half. And as we mentioned, uh, we record the show on Wednesday. That means there's no player props out for the Sunday show. That's why Alex didn't have his usual plethora of picks. But uh, if, if we were, if, since we're feeling generous, it's Thanksgiving time. I didn't think about this until right now. I'm an idiot because of that, but whatever. Uh, why don't we do a thing where, Alex, if you want to take, put them on, put them on Sportsline and just email your you know four picks or whatever you want to send, since you had two in the Thanksgiving show, send those to uh, our email thread. If you want them, you can get them for a dollar. Sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code PICK, P-I-C-K, your first month for a dollar. That means you get the basically, the, like, not the rest of the NFL season, but close. Get all of RJ's picks, all of Prop's picks. Get all of my picks, too. But you can you know, probably want theirs more than mine right now. But you can do that. Sportsline is uh, cranking out some great stuff over there. All right, that'll do it for us for the Pick Show, Best Bet Show. We'll be back on Sunday night to recap week 12 with Super Friends, myself, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach after all the actions completed. Um, I say this sarcastically. Go Tar Heels. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Happy holidays. For Prop, for Alex, for RJ, for Katie, who's traveling, I'm Brinson. We will see you. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.